Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Lifetime Value. I'm your host, Hrithik. Today, I'm extremely excited to have Ali Pliego, one of the most ambitious and accomplished women I've met in Mexico so far. She is currently working at Nexu as the head of their biz ops, but her experience includes PwC, and she graduated from ITAM, one of the top universities of Mexico. Ali today is here to shine a light on what it is to be working in fintech as a woman. And at the same time, she's also here to explain what makes her confident about the lending industry in Mexico and the future she sees for more females entering the Latin American industry. In her spare time, Ale is also a huge fan of Indian matchmaking like I am. And it's something that we bond over a lot recently. And without further ado, please welcome Ale. Hey, Ritik, how are you? Good, how are you? Great, thank you for that wonderful introduction. We should do a, a, a podcast episode on, on Indian matchmaking. Oh, just That's Indian matchmaking. Such a hit. <laughs> yeah, like welcome to our TED Talk. <laughs> For for those who are still clueless about it, Indian Matchmaking is a great show that you can find on Netflix. It's kept me and pretty much all my friends really busy uh, with our theories for season two and, and the cringe <laughs> fest that it is. <laughs> yeah, I hope, I definitely hope for a season two. <laughs> Excellent. So Ali, why don't you get us started, maybe do a quick introduction of yourself and what you've been up to lately. Sure, I'm Ale Pliego. I work at Nexu in the business operations uh, department. And yeah, it's been good, you know, like handling work from home and like all of this new reality from COVID, but it's all good. Excellent. Maybe you can expand a bit more as to what Nexu is and why you decided to join the fintech world uh, when you were doing mergers and acquisitions at PwC? Sure. So Nexu is actually the only real-time approval leasing product in Mexico. Okay. So that's our value added. Okay. So if you go to a dealership today and you want to buy a car and you want to Mm -hmm. finance it, what will probably happen is that they'll give you a stack of papers and you have to fill out a paper application. Then they take it to the bank and then someone at the bank sort of subjectively with like some rules, but still a person, you know, will determine if you're credit worthy or not. So what we do at Nexu is that completely goes out the window. You just fill out like a super simple form online, not mm-hmm. on paper. And mm-hmm. then uh, instantly we tell you if you qualified for a lease with us or not. That's very interesting. And mm-hmm. perhaps you can expand a bit more as to what your current role is at the company. I think I didn't answer like fully your last question, but how yeah. I got started at Nexu from M&A, it's actually, I think, a bit of a funny story. Yeah. So while I was finishing at, at ITAM, like getting my degree, I was working at PwC, like had basically zero social life. <laughs> <laughs> but I met Fernando, Fernando Gomez, who is one of the co-founders of Nexu because he was my teacher on my last ever class at ITAM. So I guess by the end of the class, he had like (laughs) determined I was like a huge nerd and (laughs) (laughs) he didn't offer me a job at Nexu, but he got me an interview with another startup that didn't end up uh, working out. 
But then like, I think like 10 months or a year later, uh, at ITAM, I saw a poster for a, a Nexu organized hackathon, you know, to recruit yeah. like someone for the development team. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote to him like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? And he was like, great, we just raised our, our seed round. So why don't you come and work for me? And then by then I was like basically done with M&A. It was really interesting at first, but it, it got a bit tiresome for me. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, I decided to, to take the leap. I started as a finance and operations analyst but you know, the stage we were in and the size Nexu had back then, I ended up doing like a lot of things that didn't fit that description. Yeah. So, <laughs> was, <laughs> so it was decided like between Fer and Avon, who is the other co-founder and me, that, that I should have like a different role. And that's how we came up with, with the BSOPs. For Very those of you listening that don't yeah. know <laughs> what business operations is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have this definition. It's from Shopify that I, I love. <laughs> what is business operations? Everything that happens within a company to keep it running and earning money. <laughs> so <laughs> basically like you're hired to do whatever is wrong, like no matter or, or could be better, like no matter if it's in the marketing department or like more of an operations issue or financial. So basically my, my day-to-day -day life is figuring out what we could improve at Nexu and then making it happen regardless of the vertical that's very interesting. And to our listeners, this is actually quite a nuanced thing for people who may not be in the startup world. Uh, one project this week and a completely different project the other. This is actually really how startups work, right? I mean, this is how you build trust within the company. And this is why a lot of people who end up going in the startup world become very restless if they move back to the corporate world. Well, what do you think about that, Ali? In my position in like the business operations department, like it's yeah. my job to do this sort of thing. But if you join a startup, basically you will probably have to do stuff that it's like outside of your, your description. So if you're really yeah. comfortable, like focusing on just one thing, that's going to probably be an issue. But it also is great for people who love obviously a challenge and who mm -hmm. get bored easily. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I mean, my experience was I started at Confio as a data scientist. I mean, yeah, all, I had, <laughs> all I had at that point in time was maybe I had spent one month learning SQL before that. So <laughs> it was a very, it was essentially, okay, you're in the team. Let's just see what can happen. And then the yeah. next thing I knew, they, they hired like the CFO, Carlos, and we just started gelling together and, and, one thing led to another. So a lot of times it's just taking a stab and realizing what you'd really love doing and, and committing to it. I also wanted to ask, given this big pandemic that's going on and Mexico being a, a generally very risk averse society towards credit, how has yeah. that impacted Nexu? I mean, COVID is something obviously none of us wanted to happen. It has brought on a lot of uncertainty and sort of some issues from the small stuff the the employees not like being used to the home office to like some mm -hmm. you know the big stuff like worrying what's going to happen to our portfolio so 
thankfully we haven't done too bad like our portfolio is still in great shape so i think that has taught us we were really good at, at, at assessing risk from from the beginning and also i think something positive that is gonna come out of the pandemic is so many people who weren't used to doing things digitally are gonna get more comfortable with that like there are so many people out there you know my parents who mm -hmm. in through this time they have placed like their their first amazon order yeah. and i think that's gonna help us in the long run like people are gonna get way more comfortable with with doing things remotely digitally we're also a very good option i mean most people's priority isn't like buying a car right now, but if you do have to buy a car, we do everything via email, text, phone calls. So even like the, the registry you can do from online in our, mm -hmm. in our webpage. So you could, can practically do the whole process without ever seeing another person. With that, that's actually very impressive coming from another lending company even though, you know, we wanted to be as digital and paperless as possible, you would still mm -hmm. need like a site visit once you got approved, et cetera. So the fact that you guys have gone completely digital is extremely impressive. It's actually, everything is digital, but when you get right to the very end, like the contract signing that is on, on the person's house, but they okay. don't have to travel anywhere. Okay. Okay. But that's just because you, legally here, you need like a, a signature. So yeah. We have to actually see you at some point, but you do most of it digitally. Got it. So perhaps we can move on to addressing the, the elephant in the room, right? Okay. Um, you've been the first female guest on this podcast, and I wanted to get your take on what has been your journey like as a woman in a relatively male-dominated sector, which is fintech, and mm -hmm. an especially male-dominated society like Mexico. Okay, so yeah, first of all, Mexico is not a great place to be a woman, right? Like statistically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not making it up, like there's numbers. So okay. there is that, and then fintech. So fintech is actually the combination of two very male-dominated industries. So Finance is like the, the birthplace of the bro culture, you know? <laughs> True, yeah. And, and technology has been historically also pretty, a pretty misogynistic industry. So it doesn't sound great, okay? In my experience, I have been very fortunate to not be a part of like the more gruesome statistics. I consider myself really privileged and, and from a privileged background. And that's something that has to be addressed. Uh, mm -hmm. Like in Mexico, there are millions of girls that don't get a chance at all to have an education. And I was all, always very lucky to have like a really good education and support from my parents. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, I do have experienced discrimination, I think, but in like really subtle ways, you know? So mm -hmm. you know how the Grand Canyon was made from like millions of years of just like water passing yeah. by and it's sort of like that like people chip away your your self-esteem and your confidence like little by little so for example at itam uh, especially in engineering there yeah. aren't a lot of women yeah and at itam i saw it really clearly like i saw i i had this professor that not fernando <laughs> another one yeah that 
whenever I did well, I was the only girl in the class. And whenever I did well in the class, he would be like, oh, guys, like, you're doing worse than the girl. Like, he yeah. didn't even oh, say my God. name. I was the girl. And it was something that was negative to be compared to, you know? So yeah. there's definitely that. And I think there's also a, a really big lack of representation in the industry. So when you combine the two, like a huge lack of representation and like yeah. people basically questioning your every move, if you're a female doing something more uh, traditionally manly or the other way around, like uh, a male doing something traditionally female, people tend yeah. to question that. And yeah. when you combine the two, you get, for example, if I'm a young girl and I'm deciding like my career path, why would I want to go down a road where, first of all, I have no examples of, yeah. of people who have made it. And, and second of all, like people are going to question it and like be basically be mean about it. So like, what's the incentive there, you know? Mm -hmm. And what I have seen is, first of all, diversity in general, not just like gender diversity. Diversity is really good for a company, right? So in, in her book, Lean In, Sheryl Sandberg says, imagine what would the world look like if everyone did what they're best at, okay? Mm. So you need to attract that, that talent. And I have seen the way to do it uh, at Nexu and, and also from other companies that I hear are doing the same is Basically, there needs to be a little bit of affirmative action, like really go out of your way to find, uh, find diverse talent. Mm -hmm. Also, make them, make them feel very safe. For example, in Mexico, which is a really insecure policy, a good idea is like, okay, everyone leaves before six, you know? Mm -hmm. And the rule applies to everyone, but you're thinking of keeping safe like someone who is vulnerable, in this case, women, you know? Because, mm -hmm. it's because of insecurity. And also, put your money where your mouth is. Don't just yeah. be like, okay, let's have a seminar on gender equality or toxic masculinity or whatever. Actually make strong policies uh, and back what you say. And if you say you care about gender equality or equality in general or diversity, actually implement stuff. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's a little bit more, more work to post like a, a job opening. You have to make sure they're gender neutral or you have to hire like a human resources manager that is sort of specialized in this sort of thing. Like it's going to be, it's not going to be free, but it's mm -hmm. not going to be like super expensive either. I understand. And that was great on sort of addressing the problem and also great solutions. Now, why are you confident about the future especially as, as a woman in, in FinTech, for example. Well, I mean, first of all, are you confident in the future uh, <laughs> yes, of women in the, in the workforce <laughs> and, and why? Okay, so the two main issues I talked about, like lack of representation and criticism from, from people who don't understand why you're doing something non-traditional for your gender. Yeah. Those things are really starting to change. In, in our society. I think through, throughout the whole world, but in Mexico also. So hopefully, so if you're a girl looking for a career path, do whatever it is you love. Don't listen to anyone, just go for it. And then the next generation will have that representation, right? So yes. 
So just go ahead because not only are you going to do what you love, have a really good career, you're also going to inspire like the people who are behind you, you know? So yes. I'm hopeful all the, the new female founders and like the female high executives are going to be like that representation that the industry needs for the, for the future females trying to get into this line of work. Excellent. That's very well said. Well, moving to the next section, <laughs> the section I like to okay. call payback period. Uh, I'm nervous because Ali is actually a religious listener to this podcast. So she's, she's actually been tracking and readying her, herself and her question. But let's do it. Let's go. Okay, now the pressure's on. Like, maybe it's not that good. <laughs> okay, so as an outsider, sort of, or not outsider, but, you know, like, um, you coming from a different culture to work in this sort of Mexican work environment, what are the differences you see between like, your job in Singapore and here? It may be, like, uh, on this gender issue or, like, in general, how is working there different from working here? Yeah, that's a very good question. In terms of the gender issue, can't really say much about it because I come from trading, which is a very male-dominated society as well. So perhaps my experience is a bit more limited. But I have seen you know, lots of pros and lots of cons uh, between working in, in Singapore, which is a very Asian society and versus Mexican, which is a lot, like almost 180 degrees at some points. There's a lot okay. of things that are very similar. You know, hardworking, motivated people are still at the top, uh, making changes and doing things that nobody else is, which is amazing. In terms yeah. of differences, I, I kind of feel like Mexicans sometimes don't know how to say no. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me give you an example. Like, yeah, if I interview so for true. a job, right? I mean, if I interview for a job in Singapore uh, and I get through to the face-to-face -face interview, et cetera, I will know within a couple of days whether I got the job or not. And they'll be like, no, you didn't. And I'll move on. Yeah, we but like the sugarcoats. Exactly. Like sugar but yeah. in Mexico, it's They're like, oh, maybe we'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They'll be like, oh, no, no, no. We love you. We love you so much. <laughs> but just give us one more week. And then I'm like, oh, wow, that's amazing. That means I'm in. And then it becomes another week. It becomes another week. And then it, like, I yeah. had to learn that the hard way. Because initially, I, I would tell you know, my friends and family here that, hey, I think this is, this is going really well. And I would tell them the story and be like, yeah, dude, you're not getting it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, because we do it, but, you, no. but we also know how to recognize it. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one thing that, I mean, that's perhaps on the Mexico side and perhaps on the Asian side is there's a lot more hierarchy in that sense. I haven't worked in a traditional Mexican environment. Like I haven't done the Godin life. Um, okay. And I know that there's certain... Don't do it. You're going to hate it. <laughs> exactly. There's certain similarities here. But like Asian culture is very hierarchical in that sense where, you know, you have to do a lot of FaceTime. Where okay. regardless of whether you actually have stuff to do, you just have to spend time in the office to show that you're a hard worker. I kind of okay. feel like... 
in my experience here in Mexico, maybe it's just a startup world. I haven't really experienced that. Like, no, it, but definitely in the, in the Morgovin jobs, you do. See yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, sure. my past experiences, it was, you know, if by Friday, if you had done pretty much everything, you could leave by Friday afternoon. You didn't have to stay the whole day. Like that was just a thing. And it motivated me to try and finish everything by Thursday so that I could come into Friday and plan for the next week instead. So for me, that was like mm -hmm. a very nice change because I was not as mentally exhausted because I was essentially doing FaceTime. Okay. So yeah, great I got question. got it, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> great question. I'm so, glad it was up to par, like you really hyped it up and I was like super worried. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a, I, I really enjoy these type of questions. Um, now, before we wrap up, uh, Ale, do you want to give any advice to future women entering fintech or just anybody who's looking to enter this relatively volatile uh, industry that we have in Mexico? Sure. Um, okay, so my advice for, um, for anyone, regardless of whether they're a woman or a man, uh, looking to get into, into fintech, would be don't be afraid to reach out to people like more yeah. often than not they will reply you know and in mexico we have this saying which goes el no ya lo tienes which means you already have the no so just go for the yes and if they yeah. don't write back well you're where you started you know you didn't yeah. waste anything so definitely don't be afraid like most founders i have on linkedin have we're hiring in all caps you know yeah. and yeah. so a really good email can get you can get you through the door. And specifically for women, last year I read Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale. Okay. And in the book, I mean, there's like a whole context, but there's this sort of mantra that the main character repeats to herself like every time she's going through a tough time. And it says, don't let the bastards grind you down. And okay. that's so true. <laughs> like yeah. what we were saying, like, don't listen to people. Like if you want to do something like, I don't know, if you want to be a developer, like be a developer and people yeah. are going to give you a hard time about it, but just, just do your thing, you know, besides yeah. there are so many resources right now, uh, especially, I mean, I don't know why I said the, the development example, but they're like develop like code camps for girls and like, mm -hmm clubs and that sort of stuff. So just, uh, I promise you, if you enter like a male, traditionally male dominated field, you will also find maybe a small, but a community of women like doing mm -hmm. the same thing that you want to do. Excellent. That was perfect. Well, Ali, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today and yeah i know um, we should do this more often exactly exactly <laughs> i'm waiting for like the our indian matchmaking episode like, i have <laughs> yeah. so many notes for that <laughs> <laughs> exactly i mean just surprise all our listeners with something that has nothing to do with business and fintech and just us talking about indian matchmaking yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you like to share your contact with anybody who might have more questions yeah, for sure. Or if you, if you, you know, want to write that really good email, my email is alejandra at nexu, N-E-X-U dot M-X. Yeah. And I'm on LinkedIn as 
I think Alexandra Pliego. I don't Correct. remember. Yeah, I'll, I'll tag you in the post for sure as well. Okay. <laughs> okay, Rithik, thanks. Great. Thank you so much again and hope to speak to you soon. Yeah, for sure. Thank you.